continue to talk to people from different places, different walks of life, different backgrounds, different races, different communities, regardless of how wide we've cast our net that way, talk to more people and places to get those different perspectives. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. There we go. We're live. This is how how it works. It's that easy. Welcome to the Decision Table Rustic. What a privilege to meet someone new at the table and just to have some conversation today to get to know you better. And, you know, one of the things that I'm doing this month, I began this month because I just felt like, you know, for us to have change, that there needs to be something different happening. And I wasn't consistently having conversations with, you know, new conversations each day. And so this was kind of something that I felt was a good way to do it and so you're one of these new conversations that we're having today and looking through the lens of what I really believe we're at this point where there's a need for a new approach to leadership so who knows where we go today who knows this is just as if we're oh you've gone okay so everyone else I'm here he's not but I'm sure he'll be back in a moment. Today's conversation is going to be with Rasik when he comes back. I've not met him before, so we are going to get to know each other here on this call. You're going to get to know him just as well as I am, so I'm not sure where he disappeared, but I'm sure he's going to be coming back very quickly. And if not, we'll have a talk. If you are on... StreamYard and wanting to comment during this, then make sure you give permission to StreamYard because, you know, sometimes I get people on here doing, having comments and doing comments and I'm unable to see who it is that's commenting and it just says Facebook user. And I really want to be able to, you know, like if you've got a great insight, we want to be able to say, hey, Mary, you had a great insight around da-da-da. I love what you're saying. Oh, you've got a question. And that way it kind of personalizes it much better, right? So, okay, I'm not sure where he's gone right now. Oh, and we've got a flashing light. So if there's a flashing light happening here on the decision table, it's just because we're just too cool today and we, we need some spotlight on our coolness. Actually, it's because I think there's a fault with the light today. <laughs> And it began yesterday, so if it's happening too much, I will have to swap that out today. But I just wanted to give it another go if that's okay. I'm just going to message and see where he is. Oh, I think he's coming back now, so we're good. Let's add him to the stream. There we go. You're back on live with us. Sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened there. That's Um, right. You just decided you... You had had enough of the decision table and you are out of here already. <laughs> uh, I have to say that was that was the first time that's ever happened to me that someone's left that quickly. So, whew, you, you know, the pressure's on today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so look, let, let's let's try again, and I'll and I'll say, look, thank you for thank you for having me. 
You're very welcome. And I'm really excited, honestly, to get to know you better and to have a conversation through this lens of what I call the need for a new approach to leadership. We have been having so many different people on here from different walks of life. And that's kind of, I I think the only way we're going to change what is needed out there in this world right now is if we keep looking through different lenses. And I know you come from a, you know, a... All I do know about you is that you do come from a different lens that we haven't had on here so far. And I know you're also through what you're doing at the moment, you're in transition, which will be interesting to sort of dive into that a little bit as well. So uh, just think of this as a conversation you're having with a new friend and we're just letting the world in on it as well. Because I think... I think there's some amazing things when we just, you know, create this sort of space where we're having this conversation that we go down deeper that most people don't have outside in the in the big wide world. And so part of these conversations is I feel that I am privileged that I get to have conversations with amazing people, amazing humans, and, you know, lots of others have missed out on those learnings. And hopefully, you know, the listeners that are listening today or that will be listening on the replay, you know, will get a lot of insights from from our conversation today. So nothing too pressured, really. Now, one thing I do have to ask you, I heard, I did hear, that you are a fellow Kiwi. Is this true? Indeed, that is true. So um, so I was born and bred in, in New Zealand in, um, in a place you might know as Taranaki. Oh, Taranaki. We had someone else on the decision table. Oh, I can't remember what day. It was one of the, in the first week, I think it was, Tania Niwa. And she's from Taranaki. Oh, there you go. All right. So, um, so that's where I hail from, a little town called Harwitter. Oh, yes. If, if you know it. Um, Can I just say your headphones are crackling? It might be better without the headphones on. Okay, let's try. Let's try. See yeah. if I can change to change to. Paddle. Yeah. Wow. Is that it's been it? a long time. It's been a yeah. That's much better because it means oh, that okay. you don't you don't echo. Uh, you don't do this crackle. Perfect. All right. So, was, it, uh, was it a while ago that you left that place? Uh, yeah, just a little while ago. So, yeah, after after doing school and uni and everything over there in, in New Zealand, um, mm. uh, I moved to Melbourne, Australia, uh, about twenty years ago. So, um, and and have been here ever since, and have very much enjoyed that. So, um, yeah. Probably the other thing to recognise is that. So, I say I'm a Kiwi. I also uh, so. My parents are from an Indian background, so they migrated from India to New Zealand. So I'm kind of a first first generation, if you like, born in New Zealand from India. So there's a bit of a mix of uh, cultural influences. I'll, I'll I'll say that. Yeah. In me. Um, there we go. Tanya is actually on here, and she says, "Kia ora from Taranaki." Oh, kia ora indeed. Both of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, uh, so that's where I've where I've come from. Absolutely. And so you said you've got some cultural sort of obviously some lenses in which you've grown up and around. How do you think that's helped to create who you are today? Yeah, that's a good question. So think about, so um, I've grown up in an Indian cultural family, um, mm. of course, uh, and so naturally that has, its, that has its influences in terms of the types of or just, just the ways that, my parents think and their attitudes and 
and in particular the way that they think about uh, family values and community and, and all of those kinds of things. And then from a uh, Western cultural environment that I grew mm. up in and mm. to, to going to kindergarten, school, university, et cetera, and being part of the uh, New Zealand and now Australian community, that often has been, they come from different places and can often be even be at odds with one another. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, it's perhaps a simple example to illustrate um, that's quite poignant, that was quite poignant for me, is that so my parents, being from an Indian, Indian cultural background, yeah. uh, had a strong desire and expectation, I would say, for me to marry someone from the same background. Yes. You know, and, yeah. you know, and, and in talking with other people who are also from um, other ethnic cultures, yes. uh, I've seen that as a very common theme. Uh, whereas for me myself and, and and growing up in a Western cultural environment, there's much more of a openness in terms of, oh, well, you can choose, you can choose how you want to live and what you want to do and in that context, who I choose to marry. So mm. I didn't necessarily have that same uh, attitude or thinking as far as, as who I who I get together with. So so I was I, I was personally more open than that. Um wasn't yes. discounting. Strangely enough, I did end up ma- marrying someone from the same background as me. Do you <laughs> think that was because you were more conditioned in your environment to that that was kind of the way or it was just that that was the best one out of, of course, the best one out of all the options? No, I don't know. Like how, yeah. how did you actually get to that? Like isn't it mm-hmm. funny that it kind of went to that even though maybe you were open to beyond that? Yes, and and it's interesting you say that because – my own two older brothers, um, mm. the young three, they married uh, wives who are not from an Indian background. Oh, interesting! Wow. Uh, so, so I had that kind of experience or you know, um, influence as well. So, mm. uh, of course, ultimately, it was the best. Did the best. Of option. course, of course, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I chose it that way. Yeah. Um, and it just, I, I think, for a long time, I did struggle a little bit with that sort of the the conflict of of beliefs and attitudes and thinking mm. and it's like okay well especially when i was younger and, mm. and at school and even university is like well okay so what am i what am i meant to do how am i meant to choose yes and ultimately it came it came to myself looking within myself mm. and, and having the willingness to look within myself say okay what is truly important to me what are my values and you know, strong value from my point of view, having lived in, lived multiple different, you know, you know, like different cultural environments. Yes. And also uh, counting amongst my friends, people from many different ethnic mm-hmm. uh, backgrounds. Well, a, a strong value that I hold is to bring together the the best of everyone and the best of er- best of all different cultures. Yes. Um, to the table, um, because every culture has something to offer. I so, so agree with you. And that's one of the reasons that I do these tables is that I think that we have to have, I don't call it diversity. I say we have to have, you know, increase our distinctions at the decision table. And so the reason I say that is because I believe that firstly, the one thing we have in common that brings this playing field to a common ground is that we are human first. And if we look through the fact that at the decision table, 
we can be humanity as stakeholders at the table and then we bring our distinctions to the table. And I want different distinctions at the table because like you said, there's other perspectives to why you end up making a decision, right? When you've got more data to kind of pull on. That's easy to say though, not so easy to do. So you've seen the benefit of being open, right? To having different flavors, different cultural aspects come into your world. This is not always an easy thing at a table because often there's a few things. There's things like, well, I know my tribe. I know the people I'm used to and we're heading in the same direction. There's not going to be that pushback that maybe there could be if we bring someone who doesn't know this or know how we think and things like that at the table. And this can create a lot of tension and a lot of, well, let's just not go there. How do we close that gap? How do we make this not just great words and a great way to do a new approach to leadership? Because I believe that this is part of it. How do we actually put this into reality? Yeah, I understand uh, what you're what, what you're saying there. Where you're coming mm-hmm. from, and and I think the um, yeah, in terms of um, humanity first, uh, I think the first thing is to recognise that for people to recognise that there is a sameness. Um, mm-hmm finding the common ground the the ultimate common ground is that we are each human so let's start i always go i think everyone am i right to say i don't want to presume anything is everyone at this table human and everyone goes yes okay well there's a common ground right there exactly so that's a that's a very good place to start isn't it (laughs) and then from there it's about then being first of all i think being aware that there are different perspectives from yes from different, from people who are from different cultural backgrounds, different countries, different walks of life. Yes. Uh, and it comes down to ultimately each person has their own perspective based on their own unique experience of life. From the point of view of culture and, and communities of, of ethnic cultures, they develop, you know, they, they, they develop community or group values as well. And each, while they might be different, bring different uh, valuable elements to the table. Um, and yes, there will be times when they're at odds with each other. Yeah. There's going to be times where people are at odds with each other. It's just natural because uh, mm. people have different different views, attitudes, etc. And the way to bridge that, well, I think it comes down to an individual's willingness to be not only aware of, but to mm. put themselves in the sh- in, in the shoes of other people who are in who have different perspectives and try and and trying as best as they possibly can to view the world from the eyes of other people. Yeah. So I love I love that the perspective, but can I just say something? I used to think I understood and I'll give you an example. My son, he was born with special needs and so used a wheelchair and has used a wheelchair for long distance uh, all the time until he he now walks short distance quite nicely, but I thought I understood what it was like to be in a wheelchair. And then almost 12 years to the day today, I ended up in a wheelchair and spent a year and a half in a wheelchair. Did you know that I did not understand what it was like to live in a wheelchair until I was in a wheelchair? So how do we how do we have those conversations that I know we need to put ourselves in their footprints and their in their footsteps or in their shoes? And yet we there's a there's a side of us that I understand when people push back on that and go, well, you don't actually understand. How do we 
deal with that? Or what what are better ways to think about that? Perhaps it's really about giving them a chance to say it from their from their say it for themselves. Um, because the only person that can understand their perspective is them. So would you say that comes down to listening better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It really is about so there's you know, there's a few things there, isn't there? There's there's first of all being being aware of the fact that there is another perspective from other yeah, people. Yeah, beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. Being willing to be, to be to be willing and open to listening to that, and then actually giving them the space, the the free, open, um, open-hearted listening to be able mm. to express their truth and express um, you know what it is that they're experiencing, what they're feeling, etc. It's only once we allow others that. In a in a safe and open space, that they'll actually truly express what's going on for them and what their experience is and what their perspective really is. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. So tell me how you've done this. How do you or do you? How do you do this? I, I think it's about you know living living that value of you know I'm I'm open to to connecting with and and listening to others and mm-hmm. because I think. It's very easy to say, oh yeah, I'm I'm open to what you're saying and your perspective and and what and exactly. What, it's, it's just one thing to say it; it's another another thing to be it. And wow. really, people are going to when they first come in, into contact with you and connect with you, mm. uh, they're probably going to know within the first twenty to thirty seconds whether you're that kind of person that's actually willing to actually listen to them or not. Just from your being and your and you know the, the vibe that you that they detect from you, and so it's really about embedding and viewing and 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 being truly open and and yeah that's that's a um, I think that's an act of respect, mm. um, and it's an act of I mean even it's it's an act of love for other people as well to truly listen to someone else and and, yeah. and really yeah is in itself, I believe, an act of love. Mm. <laughs> Nikhil says, my two favourite Kiwis, Kiora. Very good, Nikhil. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you on that, of of the the need to be. And I think that sometimes it's hard to be when there are pressures around us that are not encouraging that to happen not encouraging you to so when i say humanity part of being humanity is those distinctions and those distinctions are what i actually think are really powerful powerful things that people bring to the table but our society doesn't always encourage it our society doesn't always go hey i really love the fact that and in my case I thought really differently. I understood things really differently. So I think absolutely out of the box to most people sitting at a table because that's just where my brain goes. I'm I'm someone who accesses my left and right brain and because of it, I function in pretty a random area I've learned in my life. And, you know, this is this has been an interesting thing. And then I come from, you know, I was born in New Zealand but I have to tell you, I've lived longer in Australia and I've traveled the globe and spent so much in the last, you know, before we were hit with this lovely COVID and shut down, 
I mean, I was living at least three years more out across the globe than I was in Australia. And so you get all these different perspectives. You get all these different insights. And it's not always understood at a table and it's not always accepted because it might be within the culture that you've grown up in or that you've been exposed to, but as a general culture. And so being is not always easy when there's pushback to maybe I'm not sure that I like you being or you, I don't know, any insights around that? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Not everyone's willing to um, to be to to want to be open and connect to that level, are they? So, yeah. so I suppose it's really being able to um, in connecting and coming into contact with any individual, or any group, to um, sort of really meeting them where they're at, and um, like still be willing in in my being. What I'll do is I'll I'll still be as open as as I as I can be. To, to what it is they're saying, where they're coming from. And then from from that point of view, I mean, the, there are going to be people who, ha, who are quite rigid in, in a particular in a particular belief or, or view. I mean, my, you know, when I was dealing with my parents, it was like, well, you must marry someone who's from an Indian background. Okay, it was like, okay, well, mm. uh, it's, not, it's not really possible to sort of be, to open, to open that any further or negotiate with that. So it's about meeting them where they're at. It's like, well, okay, so I, I get what you're saying and I understand yeah. what, you know, understand why you why you say that way, and this is what I believe. And sometimes we just have to agree to disagree, and it's about then being respectful uh, after that. So it's it's possible it's possible and and sometimes necessary to have different different perspectives around a table or different views around a table. And so yes. it's if as long as there's respect, there's the possibility of of somehow coming together and working together with what, even though there might be you know different um you know disagreeing or diametrically opposed views at least it's possible to have a conversation and and have a debate yeah uh, without, without that there's there's not even there's not even the possibility of being able to listen to someone else's point of view let alone take it on take it into account yeah so think about that in the business world though and bringing those conversations, the sort of a safe space in which we can debate more and look at different perspectives so that we can be more comfortable. I always say more comfortable with the uncomfortable conversations, right? I think there's a real need for that so that we can get exactly what you say around creating awareness because that's where it starts. And unless we give the platform the space for others to be able to be heard, have a voice, then there is no, like we're only ever going to go from what we know and our own perspective. That is easy to say in lots of ways with words again, but not so easy to do when you're, you know, I was, so an example, I was on this uh, live yesterday. I wasn't on the panel. I was just listening to the panel and it was a lot of people speaking about what had happened in uh, Washington, D.C. And it was, I thought, quite a variety of different distinctions at the table. Yet there was a person who was commenting in the comments and just going off saying, everyone's just agreeing on this. And, and I'm like, until we can have open forums where we're not having these, or are we always going to have these open forums that there's people abusing us left, right, and center? How do we do that better? How can we do that better? Have you got any thoughts around that? Because I was left going, you know, even 
and here's the other piece that even those that were speaking that and and there was literally someone who identified as white and then there were the and they were identifying as African American on the on the panel. They were so she said something and they said, Well, that's because it comes from that privilege that we speak of in this way. And so it kind of and then people were apologizing for saying things. Yet I was like, it would be a really great day. Well, I think it'll be a great day when we can just speak. And it's not that I'm getting at you personally. I just need you to hear what I'm thinking and where I'm coming from. And then we need to what? Hear what you're coming from and then somehow find something that we can keep shifting the dial forward and and not this, I don't know, it's about you. It's a, you know, attack or abuse or I don't know. I I found that interesting and it sort of made me go off on this little tangent in my head yesterday around it. Yeah, yeah, I understand what, yeah, what, yeah, where you come mm-hmm. from, and um, no, I mean, look, it's. I'm not saying it's necessarily an easy thing to to navigate or to or to be able to do, um, mm-hmm. by any, because uh, I mean, um, like in any conversation or any or any interaction with other with other people, there's always going to be some kind of emotion or some kind of passions or or yeah. um, driving what they what they're saying where they come Absolutely. from strongly. Uh, and what they're saying, and often the discomfort that you mentioned is is about the the fear of of perhaps offending other people or putting other people. Correct. Up. I don't want to cause upset or or anything like that. Or there's that element to it at the at, at the surface level. It's like, well, oh, maybe I shouldn't say something if in case I cause offence. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, and, and, then and I feel like we're at that stage that people are. There's a willingness to step up and there's a willingness to want to say things, but they're afraid of that. That yeah, if I but, say something that it's going to offend someone else. But really, yeah. I just want my voice at the table. Take that a little bit further. Then there's the, then there's fear of what might come back. So there might be mm-hmm. a or, um, or unwanted or undesirable reaction from someone else coming back. That could be just as equally, if not more, uh, more extreme. Yes. Uh, so, and then, and that would make person who's who spoke first feel afraid and 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 taken aback or whatever, and that would be yes. uncomfortable. As well. So, you know, the, and it did, and you're exactly right because that's exactly what happened on this call. Like you could see, they were like, I just was sharing my voice of what was going on and how I see it, and then they kind of had to justify why they said that, and I. That's the piece that I I really grit at at the moment because it's like every time I say something, now I've got to justify why I'm saying that or that I have to back that up. I'm not saying everyone needs to say everything all the time. I I get that there's this respect, this this place where we have to be willing to really – you know, be careful of what we say because we don't want to offend in that way. There is that piece of that respect that you spoke of, you know, kind of bridging that gap between your parents and their thinking and then the thinking that you're now gathering as you're going through your journey and how to bridge that, right? So there's that respect. I'm not saying go against that at all just for anyone that's listening. But what I think there is is the fact that if we do say something different and you don't agree with it, even though it's my beliefs, it's about what I'm, my values and my life, and I think it's important that you hear where I'm coming from with this because this is why I'm making decisions the way I am going forward. And I'd love to see how we can 
make it so that it's not just about me, but it's about, well, what do you need at the table? And what does Mary down the road need or George down the road or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's that piece that, you know, I'm finding really interesting at the moment because there's this need for the awareness. People are touching on some pieces like these conversations that we are creating an awareness, but then you know, how do we deal? Like, have you got strategies or some strategies that you've used to help people in, in your your sphere of influence, your area, um, yeah. that has helped people get through this? I suppose. So there's, I mean, there's, I mean, there's the personal realm that I mentioned in terms of, you know, how dealt, if I just use that situation, you know, with my, with my parents and, and, yes. and it's really about, uh, in, terms of, in terms of that, okay, so even to this day, they still maintain that view. Okay, and I maintain yeah. my, and so, and you know, to start with, it was it was very uncomfortable. Let me tell yeah. you, uh, yeah. to the, I mean, I was afraid. I didn't even want to really want to raise the subject. Yes. Um, ultimately, what what happened over time is that I learned to understand that you know that fear is a is just a natural part of of being human. You know, it, it is there for a purpose to 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 make sure that we're not uh, that we are detecting any you know potential real threats to our to our safety and that kind of thing, and and so what I realised is going into a conversation like that, I'm not. I would then ask myself, okay, am I any am I in any real danger in having this conversation? Is is there a real is there a real and present danger? Now I'm not about to be attacked physically or anything like that. So so that was okay. So like, okay, well mm. then. If I can change my attitude to that discomfort, that fear, and say, okay, that's just a natural part of, of, of being human. It's, it's just what I'm experiencing right now, and it's okay. It's not necessarily, I don't have to see it as a bad thing. So changing my attitude towards that discomfort, towards that fear, and saying, it's okay. I can be there with that fear and continue the conversation. Yeah. And so eventually that does come with time and practice, I think. Um, it's not something that I can sort of flick the flick the switch and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it, it is it is something that comes with time and practice. And so ultimately, I was able to I was able to speak my truth to my parents. And say, yeah. well, this is what I believe, and 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 this is this is how I'm going to choose. I'm not necessarily going to choose someone who's from an Indian background, and I strongly wow. believe the value of all all humans, yeah, all humans together equally. And um, you know, I want to marry someone who. Who I truly love and who I truly connect with and can and, and who I want to be with for the rest of my life. Powerful. And so, yeah, translate to that, translate to other realms, business, corporate, whatever. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I've, I've spent many years in the IT industry, mm. and um, you know, in part of leading initiatives for changing the way people work, particularly as technology changes. Of course, technology introduces yeah. the new ways of doing things, and then. Um, you know, there are people who have been working in, a, in an organisation for 30 years and they're like, oh, well, I like the way that it was. Oh, why are we changing? <laughs> exactly. Uh, when, it, when it comes to that, again, it's, it's like, okay, well, what is their – I mean, they're coming from a place of fear because, you, I mean, yeah. if you've worked in a, in a place that long and, and the things are changing that far, much that much faster than when, when they were first starting, to, uh, starting their careers, naturally they're scared, afraid. So – it's about rather than trying to force a change on them, it's like, well, okay, so be able to allow them to have that safe way of expressing, okay, so what is it that you're worried about? 
and then and they'll say well you know i don't know if i can learn this new way and i don't know if i can um you know pick up on this new technology it's, it's just so complicated and i i don't really know how to use it or well, well okay well understand don't worry there's going to be the opportunity for you to learn and yes. that's actually and that's actually a good, and that's actually a positive thing for you and in fact it's going to make your job easier yeah but the point is again being able to being able to from the point of view of the initiative that is leading the change mm. as well as from the point of view of those who are being impacted by the change yes uh, being able to have that open the open conversation mm-hmm. um Having having the awareness that there are other people with different perspectives and and different fears and whatever, be able to safely express those. Yeah. And again, I've been in um, projects where so initially people are like, not only not only are they uncomfortable about it, they actually actively try and stop the change. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. not like don't even want to come to the meetings. Don't 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 want to be any part of it. And then by the end of it, they're, they're seeing the praises of the project team and saying, "Oh, what a great thing this oh. is!" So it can it's something that takes time often too. I agree. And, I, I, it's not a like as I said, I, I didn't I didn't say it was easy, and yeah. Yeah, a number of projects do fail in in the in the IT world because mm-hmm. of not because the tech it's the technology is the easy part. It's the it's it's right the, in your brain. Technology is the easy fat. Mine, yeah. not so much. But yes, yeah, keep no, going. Well, <laughs> no, but I'm just I'm just staring because if if you know me in my world, technology has been very much a learning and progress. <laughs> Put it this way: there are a lot of people that understand the technology. Yes, and, and the hard part is allowing uh, humans to be able to adapt. Yes, to correct. new technology. That's the hard part because of all of the. Because uh, us as humans, we get stuck in our ways that we know, and I think that's what we're talking about a lot on this conversation. Is that there's so much that we've been conditioned to. We've got biases with. And so even with technology, the same thing. It's like, well, I've been using this piece of technology for so many years. Why would I need to change to this piece? Well, actually, because it might be even more effective and efficient so you can make a bigger impact. I mean, it's we're we're funny as humanity, I think, you know, humans. We really are in that way. And, you know, one of the things that I think is the the approach to new leadership is is those learning, humans learning how to really exercise what I call the muscle of human intelligence. So that we can and part of that is, of course, being more willing to change and adapting to that in a much quicker way. And I think that there's there's so much I could talk about about HI. Like I just really, I mean, it's what I'm passionate about. It's what I'm building my whole work on. But I really believe that, you know, just like in the t- in technology, there are patterns, and so you, you know, this might have worked in this way, but we up we upgrade that, and now we've got a better piece of technology that now can make it more efficient. Productivity can go up, add value to whatever it is in in someone's life. Same with the muscle of human intelligence that, you know, although there were things that we are wired to because of maybe our conditioning, maybe the cultures we've been in, placed in, the biases, the systemic stuff that we've been involved in, that if we look at that and disrupt the patterns that are not adding value to us, that are not increasing our productivity, that are not helping us to be more efficient in what we're doing, 
that if we find where that new wiring needs to go, we can change behaviors and get different results at the table. And I love the fact that you brought that up because you can yeah, see sure. I'm extremely passionate yeah. about that side yeah. of life. Take that to a, you know, a different different realm, different scale. Yes. Um, you know, you're talking about looking after the future of our natural environment and um, on, on, the, on the global scale. Yes. And, and okay, so, you know, there's, there's all sorts of conversations about, you know, the likes of global warming and the, you know, the deforestation happening around the world and, you know, extinction of, of, of different species and our biodiversity being threatened and, and all of these things. Yes. And, and naturally, there's a lot of concern around the world too absolutely about that and so there's an element of okay so we've got you know fields of science around the world explaining what's mm-hmm. going on and, and what could happen if you know on the current trajectory and and so many people have different views and beliefs and attitudes towards that as well so mm-hmm. i suppose the what, what i'm what i'm getting at there is that okay so there's people there, there are also on on the one hand there are there are people who like take it to the extreme, don't even believe that it's happening. Yes, correct. Um, that kind of, or there is that potential threat to our existence in the future uh, as that people come out. On the other end, there are those who are um, leading initiatives to to introduce technological advances that will allow yeah. allow changes such as you know renewable energy, electric cars, um, and then even taking initiatives to you know preserve uh, biodiversity by. Yes. Um, national park reserves and and you know look around there's there's lots of lots of different uh, initiatives and measures being taken around the world and so yeah and then you've got every, you know you've got everything and everyone in between those yeah, two totally and so you know on on the one hand you've got those who are you know wanting to lead the change yes and then on the other end you've got those who are just like what are you talking about i don't i don't even i always talk about it as extremes we've got extremes yeah. And yeah. the problem is that a lot of the division, the challenges, the the thinking is actually dividing that those extremes, not bringing them together. In other words, div- bringing division, not yeah. inclusion. And my whole thinking is, I, you know, I love you bring this, this up, but I think that, you know, part of this approach to leadership is that we need to work out how to work with these extremes more and actually start shifting that closer together. I get to do that because I can play on both both sides. You know, there's there's often tables that I get that are really amazing, closed doors around things with global leaders. And then I am really comfortable with having a conversation in the dirt in a village with maybe the kids, with the, the leaders of the village. And, you know, I've even known to sit and have kava with the chief of the village. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's I'm really comfortable with that because I know how to communicate to whatever table I'm put at. And that's mm. that's one of my things that I work with. But I know that's not comfortable for everyone. And I know that's not the normal. And I know that this is something that... I'd love to see happening more that we're, and again, it's giving voices to maybe the fact that we need to listen from different aspects, different perspectives, which we've talked a lot about today. And I think that's, that's an interesting concept and it's not that easy to always have different people at the table. If we even just talk about gender equality at the table, right? Like there's that a whole conversation around that. It's 
really difficult because in the past, we all know, you can see it in research, there's nothing that I'm saying new in this, that it was tending to be white males of a certain age at the table that were given a voice, right, and made decisions that were at the top level that affected us on the front line of humanity, right? And so how do we bring that together more and close the gap? And these are extremes. You talk about the environment. I mean, we've seen so much happening with the environment and there's such a spectrum on the belief of things like this. Mm, So closing that gap from those that don't believe at all that we're doing anything to those that are, oh, my goodness, running these initiatives and trying to create such an awareness around it. How do we close that gap to us that are the everyday person? You know, there's so many extremes. The economic, what's happening with the the whole, uh, you know, pandemic? It, we know it's having an effect on the economic sector. And for some, it's it's been much more, like, lucrative. And for mm. others, it's dividing the gap from them being able to even provide for their own needs, let alone yeah. beyond. Yeah, How no, do we close that gap? How do we have that? And, and I think, yeah, what, what I'm observing, and this is just my observations really, in terms of how people have responded or reacted to what's go- what's been going on. Oh, we, if we talk about the, you know, the, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of looking to governments and leaders of government. You know, everyone's tuning into the TV and to see what, you know, what the daily report is from the you know, from the government or the or the or the you know the leaders or the health officers of, on the day in terms of what what's happening. And there's a lot of a lot of commentary about oh the government should do this and the government should do that. Yes. And take the example of our of our home country and they talk about team five million. Yes. And and how you know people have been aligned together uh, to work together, and that comes down to from what I can see inspiring people down to the individual level yes to, to want to uh, work together with the work together on a common goal and you know we can we can talk about oh you know we've, we've got this big uh, vacuum in, in leadership in the world at the moment you know no one no one really has the sort of the admiration respect um, um, that perhaps there might have might have been once upon a time and it's hard to the word the word leader implies, that there are people that are going to follow. Correct. <laughs> so really uh, it's about inspiring people to want to do things for themselves and for the greater good. And uh, I think the example of the, of the Team 5 Million allowed individuals to be able to make those decisions for themselves uh, for the greater good. And that happened despite the fact that there are, you know, there's 5 million individuals. You can't tell me that there aren't, isn't a diversity of, of views about the pandemic itself, let alone lots of other issues. Yeah. Yeah. There was a bringing together of everyone in New Zealand and, and the results speak for themselves. I agree. So, look, it is possible. And I, and I think, you know, the, what it, it's about uh, allowing people to move beyond because, you know, it, look, let's face it, it's a scary thing, right? It's allowing people to move beyond um, or, or move through uh, the fact that, okay, there's a scary thing out there, but, hey, if we if we band together, yes, we, we can tackle this thing, we can overcome it. And, and where I'm coming from, I suppose, with 
with my view or my angle on leadership is it's about mm-hmm. being able to uh, help people uh, recognize that yeah there is there is the scary thing out there it is it is there is fear at an individual level as to you know what to do next how to move forward not only on this pandemic a, a range of issues the pandemic right. is just an example but really to allow individuals to be able to be okay with the fear being there and be able to act and, and move and work together and help each other anyway and from the point of view of the leaders who are inspiring all of that to really be able to uh, step into who they really are, even though they're afraid of um, what might happen, even though they have no idea what the consequences ultimately yeah. could be, uh, for you know raising their voice and and putting forward their views and and act and inspiring the action uh, and uh, with others, because I suppose what I see a lot of is a fear of what what other people might might think I've, I've seen a few times where there have been um you know political political leaders even at a federal level here in australia so while they were in government they was they were always minding their p's and q's and not really putting themselves forward yet after their careers over they, they appear on panel shows and start speaking their mind why weren't you speaking why weren't you doing that when you were uh, in government? yes yes um, but because they were afraid of the implications from from the point of view of oh well maybe they'll be maybe they'll be quashed or they won't be they'll no longer um, have the yeah. support of the party or they won't have they won't have the support of the public who, who are voting for them and and so on and it's like well what matters more it, it's the fear I believe that that's that's preventing that preventing people from really stepping into what they're really about and and speaking their mind and and wanting to inspire the action that is so desperately desperately needed now and so and so what i'm personally really about is helping people be able to uh navigate that discomfort that fear all those emotions because it's the emotions that that often influence and drive behavior both in a in a constructive way and a destructive way. Yes. So let the fear let the fear set in and stop and and paralyze you. Well, the the action and the inspiration just simply won't happen. Converse, be okay with that fear with that fear fear being there, and rather than seeing it as a bad thing that is uncomfortable, see it as oh, it's just fear. It's natural. It's fine. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm support anyway. So is this part of a new approach to leadership? I believe it has to be. Being able to navigate this? I I believe I'm not saying it's the only factor, but I I, I see this, this being able to move forward in uh, in the presence of fear as being a a key factor in, in leadership, being able to inspire and lead by example such that others will follow. Yeah, love that. All right, so if anyone wants to follow you or get to know more about what you you do and be able to do this in better ways, how do they get hold of you? Oh, okay, so the, look, the, the best thing is on, on Facebook, my name, Rasik Rama, and also um, yeah, my, my email address is, is based on my name, rasik at rasikrama.com. And, yeah, just reach out and I'll, I'll be happy to um, happy to have a chat about in particular if you're someone that's um wanting to wanting to talk talk more about okay so i'm you know wanting to be a leader but not feeling like they 
not feeling like they have the uh, the ability or, or the nous or the or the or the wherewithal to to be able to step up to be that to be that leader, then I'm I'm hearing that it's because because there's something that's stopping you and it's probably fear. So um, I'm here to help you move through that. Fantastic. Uh, you know, a couple of comments in here, very valuable approach to learn to be okay with fear and leadership and inspire others. Closing the gap is so important and a key to a new approach to leadership. So, you know, I think being able to navigate fear as a leader because when we bring our perspective, as we've talked about a lot today, there is often a fear that comes with being able to share that, to have a voice in that way. This is one of the important, very important approaches to being able to kind of close that gap of those extremes that we've talked about. We've talked about so many different things. We've talked about, you know, bringing cultural environment factors, thinking at it and needing the need for, you know, an increase of uh, those that have differences brought to the table. What is it? I, and I ask this on every single conversation as I'm finishing up, you know, what is it that you're taking from today? You know, we've talked about awareness and part of awareness and the fundamentals, I believe, to leadership and part of this new approach is that we have leadership awareness, leadership ownership, and then that brings leadership change that is got to be leadership with this leadership lens of sustainability. And, you know, you were saying that earlier that it's, you know, this is for the long term, not just the short term. And that's what sustainability is for me. You know, it's leaving those footsteps for not just this generation, but those that are coming and and to keep coming, you know, the generations to come. What are you going to take from what we've had a conversation on today and maybe do something with that, take it, learn from it, got an insight, going to do more of? Yeah, I, I think um, what, especially the the part about we talked about, okay, and, and we, we talked a little bit together about the fact that there are extremes. You know, that's the challenge of today, isn't it? How do we address the fact that there are these extremes that seem to be getting even further and further apart um, in yeah. many realms, not, um, you know, in, in sort of environmental sustainability and politics and, you know, so many different realms. And I think it's being able to, I mean, you've, you've had the the ability to be able to, um, you know, travel around the world and, and, mm-hmm. and talk to different people and, and, and get all those different perspectives. And I think what I'm taking from this is, um, continue to talk to people from different places, different walks of life, different backgrounds, different races, different communities. And, you know, I mean, I think like regardless of how how much or how wide we've, we've, we've cast our net that way, I think what I would personally take from this is um, yeah. and, and, and ought to talk to more people from, from places to to get those different perspectives because, especially from our experiences um, of last year and in in Melbourne, we were locked down for the best part of the year. It's easy to get wrapped up in the news feed. Yes. That's not the world perspective. That's not not everyone's perspectives. We need to go beyond that. And and that, that'll allow us to understand what's happening at a more individual level in different places and then be able to and then for leaders to be able to understand okay so this is this is what i'm really this is who is out there how can we tap into tap into the 
the inspiration, the the thing that drives all these people out there. Because I believe I, I think there's there's been too much people trying to look to other people for for solutions. Yes. What really needs to happen is that we all need to. So yes, leaders leaders need to step up to be able to to put forward their message and and lead by example for for their cause. Also, at the individual level, people need to step up and take the action that they can take. But that is that is never. It's not to just leave up to government leaders or political leaders or or business leaders or or community leaders. Everyone needs to play their part. Yes, leaders yeah. can't by themselves. As I said uh, earlier, the word leader implies that there are followers. So the yeah. followers are part of it as well. And yeah. so it's about following uh, with a will of conviction as well um, and being able to step into the fear of doing that, of, of, of stepping forward as a follower as as well as leaders doing the same. Mm, I love that. I, uh, that was just beautiful the way you finished up on that. The, the thing that I, and I'm, I'm going, what is it that I'm taking? You, you brought on it about the extremes. The thing I'm taking from our conversation is this, that I think there's massive extremes, but the, the concept that we both, you spoke about AI and technology and things like that. And I think there's a massive extreme between AI and what I talked about, which is HI, human intelligence. And I think, how do we narrow that gap so that actually AI and HI can work together to be able to be adding value and, you know, bringing uh, more effectiveness to us as leaders? in our sphere of influence and then giving humanity a voice at the table through the use of both of these tools that I think are just so important. And HI goes back to us as a leader, how are we being as effective as we can with the intelligence that we have within us to yeah. be able to use it to make smarter? I go, what if humans were able to be actually smart humans that we're able to make smart decisions and uh, imagine then what solutions yeah. we could bring yeah. to the table absolutely the, you know that that combination of, of, of head and heart I guess um, yeah. that's what's going to make the difference yeah um, well I want to thank you so much for coming on the decision table for being here and being willing just to have this conversation I know it's it's hard because I don't give you questions at the beginning and go, this is what we're going to do. And I know a lot of people do things like that, but I do that on purpose. And I thank you for your willingness, you know, knowing that, you know, technology was kind of your first heart. So probably these kind of conversations on an open forum weren't necessarily something that was hugely in your, your wheelhouse, but I'm really thankful that you've come and you've spoken so openly about your cultural uh, learnings there so that we could get a different perspective in the doorway of how you work through that and then some things that have made that effective so that when we have those moments where we are bringing what we have as our cultural background into something and then working with someone else around that, I think that was really beautiful just how you had that vulnerability of, bringing that to the table and I appreciate that I love the fact 
you know, and this is probably the first conversation that we've done that we talk so much about extremes. Firstly, you're talking about family and bringing up and belonging on that side of it. And then we talk about the world stuff, but we inter mingled that so much in the conversation it wasn't just one time it was sort of in throughout the conversation and I think that you know that's exactly and it was kind of pivotal for us because we talked about extremes and that's what we were doing we were going hey by the way on the global space but then as an individual and then back on the global then back in the individual and sometimes it is hard for people to talk I tend to talk with one person on one area. It was beautiful to be able to have a conversation with you today on really being able to mingle that in and out of our conversation. So for me, I really are grateful for our conversation today. Yeah, likewise. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, what we do at the individual level um, projects out to the to the wider community and global level. So that was perfect. And so beautiful. I've very much enjoyed our conversation today too. It's um, given me the opportunity to... To meet someone else from another perspective too uh, and, and how good right and i've loved the opportunity to be able to, to to talk about you know what i'm feel very strongly about as far as leadership and um and being able to move forward in the presence of fear to to do uh great things yeah, I love that. All right, I'm just going to close up the broadcast, but stay on for a second after sure. when I end the broadcast. But firstly, before I end it, I know there's been amazing golden nuggets in throughout this conversation. If you've loved this, uh, make sure. Thank you, Tanya Niwa. She said, thanks. This was cool. Um, I love to listen to you both. If you've got things from this today, make sure you share. Like we've talked to and we always talk around awareness. I think that's what these conversations are around is creating an awareness. The biggest way we can create awareness is if you keep sharing this and allowing others, thank you, Kelly, others to, you know, have opportunity to hear these conversations and then maybe they'll think on that, maybe they'll act on it, maybe it'll bring some change. So get this out. Share it out with people you know and any of the other conversations. And I will be back on this table with another friend tomorrow. So I'm going to end this broadcast now, but you stay on the line, all right? I'm saying that because this is his first time that he's used, uh, what is it called? StreamYard, right? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. And thank you to those that have listened today. We appreciate you. Yeah, thanks all. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.